0: Hey everybody, welcome back. This is episode number 12. It's an interview with Sarah Morgan. She's the owner of Red Sun Yoga, another Orlando institution in terms of yoga studios. Um, Sarah is a lot of fun. You're gonna like this interview. It's a, She has a different take on things than a lot of um, some of the guests we've heard so far and some of the yogis you probably know. Um, the self-described as a gym rat gone yogi. She just has this cool, fun story kind of following her heart. She you know, got into teacher training just to deepen her own practice, went through it multiple times just to dig deeper into the philosophy, and wound up being a studio owner today. Um, and she talks about a lot of how owning a studio is a labor of love and, frankly, that not all good yoga teachers are good studio owners, which I think is something that's important to admit. You know, A lot of people want to teach yoga, and then they wind up thinking maybe they want to have their own space. And not that we'd ever want to discourage anyone from doing that, but it is a very different thing to move into studio ownership from teaching. So she talks a lot about, you know, the nuts and bolts of what that involves. We talk about money. We talk about cash flow, stuff that not all yogis are real comfortable discussing, but it is super important. If you do want to offer that labor of love to the community, you're going to need cash. So Sarah is down to talk to you about that. Um, So yeah, it's a lot of fun. We had a great time and I hope you enjoy it too. Thank mm-hmm. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the body, mind, spirit service podcast show. I'm your host, Shay Knight. I'm a yoga teacher, a teacher trainer, a massage therapist, and a wellness entrepreneur coach. And I've been in this industry for over 15 years. So believe me when I tell you, I know that you feel called to serve others with your work. And I also know that sometimes you scream in a pillow, run out of money, feel isolated, and question your career choices. (laughs) Listen, we all do it. So on this show, we're talking about it with our colleagues. We're talking about money, marketing, work-life balance, burnout, side hustling, full-time hustling, and what it takes to keep going, or sometimes to not keep going. Each recording is dedicated to you, wherever and whenever you tune in. I hope you gain a little something to help you on your way. So before we begin, I invite you to take a deep breath, get centered, maybe make a cup of tea, and be present while you listen. I'm so glad that you're here, and I hope you enjoy.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, I'm really honored to uh, really honored to be here. I'm a little nervous.
0: (laughs) Isn't it kind of good though to be nervous? Like I feel like as a yoga teacher and a teacher trainer, like this is the kind of feeling you have when you teach your first class you know like you know it's going to be fine and everything's going to be fine but it's nice to feel nervous sometimes I know it's like oh my god I'm gonna th- I think I think I might throw up <laughs>
1: <laughs> well because you know, that because that first you know that first time that you teach that time when you teach your first yoga class you're like oh my god oh my god everybody's gonna know that I forgot that whole sequence and you know nobody knows everybody's just so happy that they got their yoga that
0: they, you know, that they, they don't even know.
1: They're like, Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> it's all you fine. know, it's so funny. <laughs> I love, I love that sentiment of like, nobody really knows. First of all, they don't know what you missed, or what you forgot or what your plans were. Um, and everything was probably fine. I love that. And at the same time, what I remember, I'm going to ask you about yours too. Cause like, I just feel like, Let's just dive right in. But I remember the very first year of the class I taught and it it was actually bad. Like people did notice they were like. <laughs> so I'm like, but on the but on the other hand, it's like, you know, I didn't die from it. And weirdly, the students who suffered through that class, like a year later, it was like an LA fitness class, you know. I was like not even done with TT oh yet. And like a year later, a few of the students came up to me and were like, hey, like. You've made some progress and we appreciate it. And I'm like, cool, 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 cool. So even if your first class does suck, it's really okay. It's totally fine. So I feel like this is the same way. I've never had a podcast before. This is all new to me. And every time I do it, I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? But whatever, we're here. We're here to, to help out and share stories. So let's jump into that. Actually, I did want to ask you, like, do you remember your very, the very first class that you took and also the very first class that you taught? In whichever order you like.
1: So interestingly enough, I have only ever taught here at Red Sun. (laughs) This is the only place that I've ever taught. How perfect! Which I know. Um, And uh, interestingly enough, um, I used to plan my classes like I would write them out, and you know, I'd, I'd do all of my sequencing. And then what I discovered is that. It made me so stressed out. It made me so nervous because I would have people from both ends of the spectrum show up and I would have to completely throw out my class plan. So um I stopped planning my classes, which is um, so different from, from how I teach now, especially because I've gotten I still teach vinyasa, and that is how I teach vinyasa classes. I just go in there, and I, you know, I do a lot of, um, I do a lot of sun salutations with the class to see, to see how everybody's moving and to see what everybody is feeling. And like I, you know, I walk around and I look at everybody's bodies and see, like you know, what how people are moving to decide what I'm going to teach, and then I just sort of go from there. On the flip side of that i've also I, I also teach Yin and restorative and those classes, I plan, and you know, um, maybe like a year or so ago, I would have done you know more winging, but now I put a little bit more care and attention into those classes and. Um, I those are actually my my more favorite classes now um. Oh, I've done a lot of healing this year <laughs> and a lot of opening, a lot of opening in my heart. And I know sometimes it sounds, it sounds so corny when I say it, you know, um, my heart just going, do, 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 you know, opening up and, um, those, uh, the yin classes and the restorative classes are so, um, they're so, uh, Nurturing. I Mm -hmm. guess is the right word. And so they, they do require, um, some care and attention. And Mm -hmm. I, um, for me as the studio owner, I do look at who is attending each class and, um, I like to connect with the students. So I, I know what, what, what each students, um, what a lot of students are going through. So um, sometimes, you know, I, I will tailor a class specifically to a person who I know is coming to that particular class, if, especially if they, have, if they don't come on a regular basis, you know, like if there's a person who I know likes to do shavasana in a certain, you know, in a certain way, I will make sure that I end the class with that particular setup for that particular student, you know, if that, if that student only comes, you know, once every, you know, once or twice a month. Mm -hmm. um because you know that's i think that that's it shows a to me it shows a level of care and attention um that uh that as a teacher that i'm paying attention and that um that the student is getting what they need and um that i'm trying to give them what they need you know that i hope i'm giving them what they need
0: um Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. So I was just thinking, I like, I like, it's like a way to split the difference between it's like, we're all doing yoga, we have our own practices, and then we're teaching it to people. And sometimes we're teaching teachers how to teach it. So there's like all these different levels. And in there for sure has to be customer service as well. So when I hear like about a student being taken such good care of, that's, not, I mean, we could say it's yoga, but it also just sounds like really good customer service. Like those are those things you remember about one studio over another, one teacher over another. Just those little nice touches that let them know yeah. that you care and that they're not just a yeah. you know a, a body in the room. Um, yeah. What about? I, I want to like know. It. Sorry for you to say something. I just didn't. No, know no. Okay. I just <laughs> didn't think I was just agreeing with you. Go
1: ahead.
0: I want to <laughs> know about the first time you took a yoga class. Do you remember
1: um the very very first yoga class that I took was of course at the Y um and it was I think it was a, a gentle class and I was like oh my god what is this and I didn't go back for a long time but then I took and went to another yoga class um also at the Y and it was a vinyasa class um and it was hard it was like it was challenging I was a, you know, I was a gym rat. And so it was going, I started going like twice a week. And then um, this teacher was really good. Um, and she actually taught at Red Door mm-hmm.
0: she taught for
1: Joni when it was Red Door over on Aloma. Mm-hmm. And I followed her over there um, when it had like eight mat spaces. Yep. <laughs> uh, and um, she was just a really good, she was a really good teacher. But, you know, but at the Y, you, they they can't really give you any proper instruction. Um, and I liked it because it was, you know, it was athletic and it was challenging and it was a very, it was a physical practice. Um, and then I ended up at full circle with Lewis Rothling and, you know, went into the hole uh, down the Ashtanga rabbit hole um, for a couple of years and and um, was, you know, in pain for three years. <laughs> Because, you know, because it's a, it was a repetitive practice over and over and over again, which on one hand is really good because you really get to know what your body is, is doing. But again, I didn't have, uh, I didn't have a teacher, you know, I mean, Louis was wonderful, but I didn't have that, that teacher student relationship. It, I was going to a class mm-hmm. and um, so when I started doing more vinyasa classes and you know, really exploring with other postures, my body healed, and like my flexibility got better. and it just opened up a whole other world. And then I you know then I went to teacher training, and here we are, you know, like twenty years later. <laughs> um, and you know, really got to know my body and listening to what what my body wanted and what my body was capable of. But it wasn't until I injured myself when I had frozen shoulder that I really started to appreciate my my own practice
0: and be like, uh yeah, no, we're not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna do yeah. that. <laughs> when did you know that you wanted to teach? Like you were practicing and taking classes, but when did when did that light go to, go off where you're like, I think I want to be a teacher now?
1: Uh, probably about six months into teacher training.
0: So oh I, so you did teacher training. Yeah not with the intention of teaching yet. That does happen sometimes, nope. but it's rare. So I always love to hear about that.
1: Yeah, so you were doing no, it more I, to like
0: deepen the practice, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. I wanted to learn more about
1: the philosophy and, um, yeah, more, more about the philosophy and to, again, to deepen my practice, my physical practice. Um, I did not get the teacher training that I went the where I got my teacher training. I did not get a whole lot of the philosophy. Um, I learned how to sequence a really, really kick-ass, um, oh, <laughs> really, really good vinyasa it's okay. class. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I uh, did not get a whole lot of the philosophy, um, so I had to, you know, I had to go through 200-hour teacher training two more times.
0: <laughs> you did to, in order to get. Did, did yeah, you do three different trainings,
1: like three separate uh, yeah. schools? No, I did the teacher training here at at the studio um, mm-hmm. twice. <laughs> I just did it ah, again with. Okay. The, with when, when, we redid it. Um, and then I did it, uh, after I became an owner, I don't know, like back in 2016. So, and then I also did teacher training with my Linda
0: Morales up at mm-hmm. Altamont
1: Springs yoga. So, um,
0: I like to learn. Yeah. <laughs> I like to learn. Same. I feel you on that. Yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about what led you to studio ownership and like what that journey was like uh, for you?
1: Being a studio owner is a labor of love for sure. Just because you're a yoga teacher, I don't think I don't think that yoga all yoga teachers make good studio owners. It's a challenge. It is a it is a it's definitely a challenge running a um, heart centered business because it is still a business and um, having that that fine line between yoga, and being able to keep the lights on is a fine line. It can be, um, it just it can be difficult. I feel very fortunate that Red Sun is a fairly drama free studio. And I, I feel like that is uh, has a lot to do with our demographic and the, our location there's just no, there's, we just don't have any drama, you know, nobody really complains about anything. Everybody's super happy to be here. And I don't know, maybe it has something to do with the style of yoga that we offer and what the space I'm not, I'm really not sure, you know, if it if it's an energetic thing, but there's really, I, I really can't complain, um, about, any of that stuff. Um, I have a couple of other friends who are studio owners and I have heard a lot of horror stories, um, from them regarding their, regarding the people that who, the the students who come to their studio and the things that they have to deal with. And I'm like, wow, I don't have to do deal with any of that stuff. I'm like, I'm like, wow, really? I mean, like, people getting up in the middle of a class, going and taking a shower in the middle of class and coming back into, and then coming, I'm like, seriously? I mean, just the the sense of entitlement that some students have, it's like, we just don't have that. So I'm very, very grateful that, uh, that I just don't have to deal with that. (laughs) I just don't have to deal with that. And, you know, and I have a, I have an amazing, a really, really amazing teaching staff as well. So um, I don't know if I answered that. I don't
0: know That's if I answered good, your question. Nobody's <laughs> giving you any headaches. That's good. No, so I think what I mean is um, like you're teaching, you're teaching, you're teaching, right? And then at some point you're like, I would like to basically host. I think of owning a studio as hosting. Like you're right. keeping the doors open, like you said, which is um, a total labor of love. And I I remember I only owned my studio for, I think, just under two years. And the whole two years, I was like, I love this. This was my dream. This is what I always wanted to do. And at the same time, if anybody asked me if I thought they should do it, I would tell them basically what you just said, which is like, yes, if it's on your heart, Yes, but make sure your P and L makes sense, and make sure that you can keep yeah. the lights on. Make sure that you can eat and you can sleep and not work twenty four hours a day, because you won't be able to create that space for your practitioners if you are sacrificing yourself. You know, yeah, to keep the lights absolutely. on, basically. Um, so I think there's, I don't know if temptation is the right word, but there's a, there's a certain lure to owning a studio and opening a studio when you're a yoga teacher that um, some people have, and so that's that's kind of where my question is circling is like um what advice if any would you share with someone who's thinking about opening a studio
1: uh
0: from your experience
1: make sure you got some cash you know make Mm -hmm. sure you have you gotta make sure you have some cash I mean I think when I um when I first finished my teacher training I I did a, I think I did like a business plan because this is my, this is my third career. And so everything, and I didn't realize that owning a yoga studio was actually, I mean, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I, I know I I have that knowing, um, and it's, it's just, I feel it, you know, I, if you'd asked, if you had asked me or told me 20 years ago that. Hey, you're going to own a yoga studio and it's going to be a gentle Hatha studio, no hot yoga. Cause that's my, per, that's my personal practice. Um, that this is what you're going to be doing. I'll be like, you're high, you smoke crack, you know, cause I, it's just not, was not on anywhere on my radar. Um, but this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I have, this is my, I'm happy here. This is my happy place. These are my people. Um, and, and I'm, you know, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But uh, when I first finished my teacher training, um I did. There was like a, there was this space, uh, kind of over by the on the corner of like a Redbug. Sorry, Mitchell Hammock and uh, Mitchell Hammock and Aloma. I think it's called the Oasis Wellness Center now. And it was like this little tiny space. And I, and I went and I actually like peered in the window. I was like, that would be a good place for a yoga studio. And I like looked at it and I kind of like, you know, did like a little business plan, you know, just just running the numbers and um, figured out like how much it would cost to keep the doors open, assuming that I brought in $0, you know, to figure. And it was like, you know, $85,000 for a year just to keep the doors open, assuming that nobody came. And so you got, I mean, you really have to have, If somebody wants to do it, you got to have money because most businesses fail in the first year. And, um, I mean, I had, I started a graphic design business in my second bedroom and it really is true. I mean, by the time you get to year three, if you've made it to year three, you're going to, you're, you're going to be okay. But most businesses don't make it that long. And, you know, you have to have, you really do have to have the cash or you have to have somebody invest or you have to have a partner. and. partnerships are fine until they're not okay. And then, you know, it can either go pear-shaped
0: or, you know, (laughs) Um, So, I appreciate that because I, I, you know, I consult with a lot of yoga teachers about their yoga businesses too. And it's like, Yes to the love, yes to the light, yes to the high vibes, all of that stuff. but we have to talk about money. We just have to. And I know a yeah. lot of yoga teachers are a little bit hesitant to talk about money. I feel like it's getting better though. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, we have to be able to talk about it because it is just another. absolutely another kind of energy, and it's absolutely necessary to rub to run a studio to have it. So yeah, I like that. That's your first advice. Have the cash. That's smart. <laughs> Get that together before you sign a lease.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you have to, I mean, you have to have an idea of how much it costs to keep, what is the, what is your bottom line? What do you have? What is your break even point? How much mm-hmm. does it cost to keep the doors open to keep the lights on and pay yourself?
0: you know, and and I would add to that your time, right? Like, because there's a number that it would cost to keep everything open and running. But then there's also like, do you want to work seven days a week? Do you want to work eight mm -hmm. days a week? Or do you want to work two days a week? Because that's a whole other thing to budget. Um, Yeah, I know. I remember back when I was um, at Live Oak, that was my thing. Like, yes, I it ran, but I was there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So yeah, it was not sustainable to be a one person studio with a staff, but like really everything, you know, to keep the lights on, it was on me, you know? So those are important things to consider too, like time and money. Yeah.
1: And I mean, I I mean, like I said, uh, all of the things that I have done in my life have prepared me to do this job, which is kind of, you know, has, that's revealed itself to me. You know, since I became sole owner in October of last year, and so all that has revealed itself to me that, like I said, everything that I have done—I mean, I was a project manager in the oil and gas industry, and then I had the—you know—the graphic design business. So I've been, and then I was, you know, partner with the with with uh, Lisa and Allison for seven years before I became the, the the sole owner. So I already had an idea of how to run the studio and what was going on behind the scenes before. I took it over so it was like okay i get it i hear you universe i'm listening and it's like okay i i knew what i knew all the things that needed to be done it wasn't like i was were coming in cold yeah right and um so it just made things a lot easier and it's like okay now now what do i need to do I, and i've been thinking about it for like the last two years about what do I want to do? And so one, as soon as the, as soon as the deal was signed, it's like, okay, logo. And, you know, all the, all of the things that you see in the studio now were like, it was like, boom, 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 boom. And it's just was like, shh,
0: get so you're done. feeling very prepared. Oh, absolutely. Sounds like, absolutely. Yeah. That's the other thing I tell people when they're thinking about it. I'm like, if you really think you want to open a space, my best advice to you is to go work in one a lot, maybe even volunteer see how much they'll let you into the books and everything the the chores all of it like work your tail off in someone else's studio to find out if that's something you could see yourself doing on your own so yeah i had that experience as well leading up to it yeah
1: and the other and like the like i said the other thing that i have learned is that is creating boundaries for myself and um I'm a better manager now than I was like 25 years ago in the oil and gas industry. And so Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't, I know now that I don't have to do everything myself and I'm not, I'm not afraid or, um, you know, I'm, I'm okay with asking for help. I'm okay with delegating. And I trust that, you know, whoever I delegate things to will do, will do a good job. And I'm okay with that. You know, it's like, okay, can you do this? And, and I'm okay with turning things over. So I don't have to do everything
0: mm-hmm. and I'm okay with not doing everything. Yeah. That's major. I like yeah. that. Okay. I have one other thing I wanted to talk to you about. Cause I know, I feel like our time is almost up already. Um, I wanted to ask you about either one or two, of you're like a teacher who's influenced you the most, someone who's really influenced your practice and like led you to where you are now. Well,
1: my my all-time favorite, my favorite teacher is Brian Kess. Um, He was the very first workshop that I took. Um, and uh, it was probably 20, probably 2005. And the first, it was a Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. And um, he still is somebody that I will always go and see when he comes into town. Um, when that first night he stood up on stage and he just ranted and raved for like three hours about the state of yoga in the West and how people brought their shit into yoga and turned yoga into shit. And they brought their egos and their competition and all of their stuff into yoga. And, um, my husband picked me up and he was like, how was it? And I'm like, I found my church, (laughs) you know? Um, and I just, he really, he resonated with me, um, because he resonated with me on a lot of, on a lot of levels because, um, because he really, uh, drove home the, um, the idea that, Nobody knows what the posture, what a posture feels like in your body. Mm-hmm. And that it's really important to be gentle with your body because the harder you are on it, the harder that you are on it, the faster it's gonna wear out. Because the most important and the most important relationship that you're gonna have is the one you have with your body. And um so just to touch it gently and kindly and to take care of it. So he just kept hammering that. And he he has the same message. I mean, I've been to I don't know, probably 10 of his workshops and he has the same shit over and over again. I mean, he's like, over; oh, it's just the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but that's like, the, but that's his thing. Nobody knows what it feels like in your body. And that's something that I bring into my teaching is that, you know, and I tell my students, I don't care what it looks like. What does it feel like for you? What does it feel like in your body mm-hmm. today? Nobody mm-hmm. knows. I don't know. I can't see what's happening in your body. You know, what have you, what did you do today? Did you work out in the yard? Did you stand at a computer? Did you stand all day? You How do you feel today? So, um, I would say that he's probably my, you know, probably my biggest, my biggest influence. Plus he causes a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing your time and your energy with us today. And
1: thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It was so great to see your beautiful face.
0: (laughs) Thank you. You too. I'll be back. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this helpful, or at least that it made you smile. If so, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it with somebody else. You can do so by sharing a screenshot of this podcast to your Instagram stories, and then tag me at Body Mind Spirit Service. You can also visit our website. The link is in the bio. It's bodymindspiritservice.com. And in there, you're gonna find a free community group where you can join and chime in with podcast questions or topic requests, as well as network with other people in your field. The website's also gonna give you options to opt in for the blog updates and the email list so you can stay in the loop for trainings and other exciting things there and if you're more into facebook we have a free community group there as well so again thank you so much for sharing your time with me and i hope to hear from you soon you can send me a dm say hi let me hear from you let me hear how i can be of service to you so that you can be of service to others may you be happy may you be well may you be safe peaceful and at ease and i will see you again soon